Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. Thanks for joining us today. I'm always glad to be here with my buddy, John Bailey. How you doing, John? I am doing fantastic. We actually, this last weekend, myself and my wife went on a uh, an anniversary trip for our 28th anniversary. We had a fantastic time. I came back refreshed and renewed and feeling good. That's great. She still loves me. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, Amy and I actually got away this weekend. We went down to the mountains of southern Colorado and uh, yeah. took the dog and had a blast. And, uh, you know, there's, there's something about... I've lived in a lot of places. Um, there is something about this place with the majesty of the mountains and such that's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Florida has its good places, but, man, coming here, the beauty of the mountains and just being able to get out in nature is fantastic. And it doesn't have humidity. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today we're going to talk about an interesting subject. Mm. We want to talk about the idea of does God still speak? Mm. To us as Christ followers. And if he does, how do we know it's his voice? And I guess if he does and we know it's his voice, how do we process it? So I, I, I know as a new believer, this was something I really wrestled with. I had a lot. I had some people that were maybe had one view on how God speaks and other people that had different views. And it, it literally made it confusing. I can remember times being like, you know, stopping to pray and going, all right, God, speak to me. And if there's any uh, way that like when you approach things that, that that way, just knowing that that's probably the last, you know, kind of a way that God mm. is going to respond when you're like, OK, God, speak right now. <laughs> like you just can't move him to speak. He sure. speaks when he speaks and how he speaks. But uh, but certainly I found those times being frustrating. You know, I, I can remember as a. As a kid, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, probably as I think every kid that grows up in church at all knows the story of Samuel yeah. and Eli, mm. you know, and Samuel is a boy who's gone to the temple, you know, and there's that place in his life where he's gotten a little bit older and he hears this voice and he keeps going to the Samuel the priest and going, hey, you called me. Right. <laughs> and he was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> Go back to bed. <laughs> you know, and after like the third time, Eli realizes, oh, I think God's actually talking to you. I remember as a kid thinking, that's a cool story. But God doesn't seem to talk like that today. Well, you, know, you came from a Pentecostal background, yeah. yeah. So, and 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 to be honest, sometimes even when stuff was about God said, right, it was a little wonky. Yeah, you know. And so, if I had to grow as a believer into a proper understanding of what, at least from my perspective, I had to what does it mean for God to speak? And so, just. You know, I think we we probably have similar, but maybe even slightly different perspectives. What's your sure. view on? I mean, one, I assume you think God still speaks today. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe that God speaks, but I think is just what you're saying is that you have to start at the place that you go. How can I get rid of the mis the mysticism mm -hmm. of God speaking and and step into the spirituality of how God speaks? Because those can be very 
different things. Somebody who sits around waiting for, you know, a voice and which parking place should I get and <laughs> God speak to me about my parking place. That's not really what we would put into a biblical context. Yeah. So how God speaks, the way he speaks and knowing when he speaks is so important as a believer, but it really, it, it also is important to know, like, don't have these expectations that God is going to speak necessarily the way we think he should speak. Hmm, interesting. So I'm just going to ask a, a question for curiosity's sake. Okay. So some people say they've heard God's voice. Right. You ever heard God speak audibly? I have never heard God speak audibly. I have been so convinced in my spirit mm-hmm. that what God is speaking and saying, and I could go through story after sure. story of how God has confirmed his word in that, but as far as audibly hearing a voice, but but let me follow that by saying I believe that there's many people who have, and you you've done ministry in the Muslim world, mm-hmm. and so there's people that have had you know visitations from the Lord, the Holy Spirit, giving visions and revelations. So we don't discount that at all, but that happens when God wants it to happen, not you know like if every night you're having a new dream <laughs> from God, it's probably not the Lord. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, I can remember one time when Amy and I were in a particular context. We had a very serious ministry decision that was going to impact the whole future of our life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I look back in retrospect, it may have been the singular most – it was one of those right-angle decisions. You know, sometimes I I tend to think of God's will in my life as sort of like a long (laughs) obedience in the same direction. You know, it's like a meandering path. Yep. where there's slight adjustment, right, left sort of stuff. But this was one of those, er, turn right. Yep. I mean, it was that radical of a, we were planning mm-hmm. to go left. God said, no, turn right. And Amy and I had been having this conversation about, you know, what we should do, where we should go, this sort of stuff. And we were sitting in a an environment in a little house church in Dearborn, Michigan, mm which is the largest Arabic population in America, because you know our experience, our life has been spent mostly serving in the Arab world. We're sitting in this little context. There's this old woman Mm. in the room who speaks about 100 words of English. (laughs) You know, she's a first-generation immigrant. We're sitting there, and all of a sudden she gives what I can only call as a prophetic word, And she says, to everybody in the room, there's probably 15, 20 people in the room. She doesn't know us. She has no idea what we're thinking. She goes, that thing you're thinking about, don't do it. (laughs) Pretty clear. The door God is opening up for you now is what you're supposed to take. I mean, it was like, I mean, so much so that Amy and I, like, our heads snapped up and we looked at each other. Like, that couldn't have been more clear, you know. And so it was funny in that situation, it was pretty clear God's voice sounded like a 75-year-old Arab woman. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing how that works. Yeah. You know, I jokingly said, you know, I I believe God speaks all the time and his voice sounds exactly like my wife's. (laughs) (laughs) I think that may be a deeper issue, Mark, that we need to talk about next week. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, So, all right. So we we both believe God speaks. Absolutely. And we believe he speaks in a variety of ways. Yep. So here's my question. Both of us have had to 
I had to. We've had the privilege mm-hmm. of discipling and helping people at various levels of their faith process what God, right. what they thought God was saying to them. Right. So, how do we determine whether or not what we think God said was actually God? Yeah, and and you know I've pastored both in the states and overseas, been in a lot of different situations, and so this is a this is a conversation that a lot of people ask about. And so one of the one of the one of my starting points is this, and I I believe it has to be the starting point when we talk about God speaking. It says this in Hebrews that God in these last days mm-hmm. has spoken to us through His Son. Mm-hmm. So we, Jesus is the living Word. And he and he appeared, and everything that he is and everything that he does speaks to us about the character and the nature of God, and he speaks through uh, both the revelation of Jesus and through his word. And so, one of the things that I I say to people is this, and it was it was great advice that I got as a new believer, uh, but but I had a, a pastor that said to me, rather than trying to read like you know, ten chapters. Like, take a portion of Scripture, and before you read the Scripture, pray, and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you through His Word. And so I would start doing that, and I would I would read a portion of Scripture, and I would say, Holy Spirit, illuminate this. Mm. Show me what you're saying. Speak to my heart. And then I would mull it over and let it go through my heart and my mind. And so what, what happened for me is, is that I was reading the Word, as I was reading about Jesus and the revelation of Jesus, the Holy Spirit would begin to speak to me through his word. Now, this is the great part that happened. Then as I learned to discern that voice, I think Hebrews mm. says that, is that as mature believers, we discern that we discern the leading and, and the voice of God. As we grow and mature as believers, then I would be at a gas station or going through a grocery store and that same voice that I learned from the Holy Spirit that came through the revelation of his word, I would I would begin to hear that voice that would say, go share my love with this person or go mm. encourage this person. And as a pastor now, 35 years, what I've learned is to discern what God is speaking and saying, but it originates in his word and through the person of Jesus Christ. Right. So, but, but I don't think you're saying that everything God says to us is in the Bible. Of, of course not. But where you learn to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit as you're reading the word and you're praying, Holy Spirit, speak to me. What I found is that voice then that would begin to speak to my heart and my spirit uh, as I was reading the word that would challenge me, that would look in areas of my life that maybe I was selfish and mm-hmm. and, the, and then I would I would I would see and hear the voice of uh, of the Holy Spirit speaking through his word like, hey, you're selfish, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever the issue may be. And as I learned to hear that voice as I was reading the word uh, in my spirit, then as I walk through life. And then decisions that are being made and things that I'm doing, it became much easier to know the voice because the mistake that I believe that some people make is they look at everything with God as this big experience. You know, like you run to an altar and then God touches me at an altar. And that's important. I I Mm -hmm. love altar experiences. Mm -hmm. But the Christian life is more of a journey. Yeah, sure. And along the journey, as we walk through, sometimes I've, I've gone through times and I go, Hey, maybe the you know I haven't really heard that voice for a while. Uh, not everything is like a voice from heaven. Mm-hmm. There's a leading. 
that God leads us and helps us to, to see the things that he's doing. But I, I think that the place to go back and learn to discern God's plan and his will and his purposes is as we read the word, we let the Holy Spirit speak, and mm-hmm. then we begin to discern what what the leading of the Holy Spirit is. All right. So I'm just going to get real, like, nitty-gritty practical. You know, we, we use words like the Holy Spirit. Well, to start with, that's pretty mystical. Yeah, no doubt. Holy Spirit, you know, and mm-hmm. if— you know, I grew up in a generation where, you know, people preached about the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know, that was even more, right. <laughs> you know, uh, it was Casper, Casper the Friendly yeah. Ghost and the Holy Ghost, you know. Um, so how do I know it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me? I keep going back to this, but, you know, so, okay, Christian character, that's one thing. I mean, like when if God tells me, Mark, you're selfish. Mm-hmm. He points that out in my life. You know, I can, you know, if it comes into my prayer life, I can understand, okay, God wants to, you know. If somebody tells me, Mark, you're selfish, right. maybe that's God too. Yep. And maybe the Holy Spirit is working through somebody else to speak to me. Uh, those are character formation issues. We get that the Lord wants our character formed into the image of Christ. And so he's yeah. actively engaged in our life in doing that. Right. But do I buy the Toyota or do I buy the Honda? <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. You, you, you may you do the one. review on Edmonds on that one. <laughs> All right. So, yes, but see, that's perfect. So, but what, you know, some people, my experience has been yeah. that people either over mysticize or under mysticize this idea of God speaking to them. 100%. You know, the over mystical guy is expect, you know, okay, which socks do I wear today? <laughs> you know, and I think God's going, I don't care. Yep. You know, I gave you a brain. Yep. Use it. You know, mm-hmm. which person do I pursue as a life partner? That's a much bigger, much bigger issue, and I certainly want someone with an eternal perspective mm-hmm. helping me. That's not only what this person is like today, but what they're going to be like fifty years from now. Yep. And are we a good match for each other? Because God also knows who I'm going to be yep. fifty years from now. So that's a much different thing. How do we invite God into the daily decisions we have yep. to make? If they're ethical decisions. We get it. Bible's yep. pretty clear. This is wrong. Don't do it. Right. You know, and then there's things, take care of the poor, those sort of things. You know, that's pretty clear. But it's all that stuff in between that's not good or bad. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's in the middle. How do we invite God into that? Yeah, it's life. Yep. How do we invite God into that? Well, the first thing I would say is I've met your wife and she's a pretty <laughs> amazing lady. So you listen to the Holy <laughs> like Spirit. Like I said. <laughs> so here, I, I always want to go back to Scripture. So the book of John says this. The Holy Spirit, when people go, what does the Holy Spirit do? The, the Holy Spirit always points our attention back to Christ. So the Word and the person of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit is always about conforming us to the image of Christ. And so just as a good directive, and I'm not saying that this is a rule for every situation, but for most of the time, when the Holy Spirit is speaking, 
he's conforming us to the image of Christ. So if you if you're if you're looking at a lotto ticket and you're going, which number should I <laughs> I hit so I can win the lotto? That's probably not most of the time that the Holy Spirit is going to speak in that way. As a matter of fact, I'd probably say never. Yeah, because the Bible actually says some stuff about the foolishness of gambling, and it doesn't speak yeah. anything positive right. about it. So, you know. So for clarity's <laughs> sake, just in case you're judging me, I don't play the lotto. Uh, but I've had people that have told me, the Lord gave me the number for the lotto. Like, All right. You know, uh, but, th- but this is the point, is that sometimes when people are going like, uh, oh, uh, the Lord told me to marry this girl. Well, it's never the most homely girl in the room. It's always the most beautiful, the most amazing, you know. And and so sometimes you have to go, is that the purposes of God or does that somehow serving serving you? And I think that most of the time for me when the Holy Spirit is speaking and directing, it has something to do with the kingdom of God, either conforming me into the image of Christ or fulfilling what Jesus has, has told us to do when it comes to fulfilling the Great Commission or when it comes to feeding or helping or encouraging people. So I find the, the, that God is speaking about those things. He's not, I, I don't know that he's necessarily going to go this. Now, there have been times, I think, that you would say as well, that the, there's times that the Lord has been, I, I feel very strongly in my heart, you, you should invest in this or you should do that. Now, I know that that sounds a little peculiar but the end result of that is when when it turns out good, you know that was the Lord, right? <laughs> and so there, there's been, definitely been times that that happens. But I think that most of the time that the Lord is speaking, He's conforming us to the image of Christ, or He's or He's leading us to do the work of the kingdom. Right. Sure. I think that that is most of the time that's more scripturally aligned. So you're saying that I think you're saying that. While God may speak into the mundane, mm-hmm. generally speaking, his directive, his voice is to guide us into things that advance his kingdom right. or work in our character. Absolutely. Is, is that accurate? A- absolutely. <laughs> and, and listen, you know, probably one of the biggest questions that I have in my life, and maybe you could answer this, Mark, mm-hmm. like, have you ever had times that you go, so God, why didn't you speak to me or lead me in a situation? Because had you, it, I could have prevented some difficulty mm. or hardship. But then I feel like that, like, Lord, were, were you there? And and was he speaking or was I listening? Yeah. And yeah, so I, a, a story that sort of touches on that, you know, when... Amy and I started out in ministry. We were living in San Francisco, working mm-hmm. with the Arab community mm-hmm. there. And it was through that voice that that woman who spoke in Dearborn that sort of helped direct us toward that because we were going in a different direction. We, we knew eventually we'd wind up in the Arab world, but we were pursuing mm-hmm. a different path to get there. Um, we wind up in California. We're working there. Um, we're we, we we knew we would be there for like four years. Mm-hmm. At the end of the four-year time, we're praying about what's next, and we knew we would go overseas. We'd been praying. Lots of things happened. We felt like Egypt was where we were supposed to go. Mm. So we go through the process. You know, we had to raise a budget. You get all that. Yep. Um, we wind up in Egypt. Um, we're in Egypt about two years. Um, we have two very small children, uh, and Amy gets pregnant. 
So this is going to be child number three. Uh, we're living in a place where the best hospitals in the city had cats running around inside of them. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the good ones. <laughs> that was the best. And so we were like, we don't need to return to America to have this child, but we need more than this. Yeah. Because we had had problems with both deliveries of our first two children. Hmm. Um, I mean, outside of medical care, both of them would have died. So we knew we needed more than, if, even if it was just for our own personal peace, we needed more than, we didn't want cats, you know, in the yeah. hospital. So um, we started asking questions, listening. Obviously, every day we're praying, God, direct us, guide us. You know, we, we through a series of circumstances, we realized, hey, Jordan's a great place to go and have a child. They have good medical care. It's still in the region. We don't have to go a long way. We have to go back to America. You know, we can be close, mm. but we can go there. So we go to Jordan. Amy goes first. So, because she's pregnant, she can't be on a plane, you know, later on. So she goes a little ahead of me. She goes with our son. Our daughter's in, like, whatever they call it, like, first year of kindergarten. <laughs> so I stay behind with her. And uh, about six weeks later, I leave. So I go to join Amy in Jordan. We're there. Have, a, have the baby. Increasingly, while we're there, I start feeling like God is saying to me, you're supposed to be here. Well, and you know me. Mm -hmm. I don't make a habit out of disobeying the voice of God, at least not intentionally. You know, I don't, I say I don't always start in the best place, but I always <laughs> end up in the right place. Um, and so I'm sitting there hearing this thing and I finally, I'm just like, God, I can't handle this. Mm -hmm. You know, I, and so at like two o'clock in the morning, I'm getting up and walking through the neighborhood, mm. like praying because I can't sleep because I this keeps coming to my mind. And I, at this point, I haven't even talked to Amy, right? Because I'm just like God, I don't understand this. Because and this is going back to your question, the problem was I felt like God had told us to go to Egypt, right? And, and so, he probably had for a, a season but, of time, or yeah. But see, I and this is I had confused <clears throat> calling with location. Mm. I felt like God had called us to Egypt for life. What right. he had called us to was he had called us to ministry for life. Mm. But I confused location with calling. Yep. And so for a period of time, Egypt was the location of my calling, but it wasn't my calling. The problem right. was at that moment in my life, I had associated the two, yep. and so it wasn't that I wasn't willing to obey God. It was like, how do I know this is God? Yep. Because I thought that was God telling me to go to Egypt. If he, if that wasn't God, then clearly I don't have the ability to listen. Yeah, you know. So there was that confusion going on. C could I ask you a question? Because uh -huh. I think it goes as I'm listening to you, I can tell the confusion. Like as you're talking now, I can feel the confusion of of 25 of, years 25 ago. 25 years yeah. ago. But here, here's one of the questions when it comes to discerning that voice: <laughs> is that sometimes we get in our mind that we think that God speaks here, but really the soul is is a spiritual thing and so sometimes we get conflicted between what the lord is speaking to our spirit 
And then it can get cluttered in our mind and trying to discern, like, what is my mind saying and what is what is the Lord speaking? Well, is that a true? Yeah, I, I think what was happening here now, you know, 25 years later, it makes absolute perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. And you spent 20 some years, years in Jordan and Jordan and had powerful ministry yes. there. So and and I, I mean, I was like, you know, in those early days, I was just confused because I was like, you know, how could both of these be God? Yeah. You know, and and what happened in, you know, all of this, none of it made sense in the moment, makes great sense looking yeah. backward, is that, you know, so I, I finally get to the place where I'm realizing I need to have a conversation with Amy about this because this won't go away. Because the Holy Spirit always speaks through Amy, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he does. If you're married, he better clarify it through your spouse because otherwise Amen. you're going to be divided. No, very good. You know, very and a good. divided house can't stand. Yeah. And so, you know, I do believe, I know you're joking, but I know you and your family, me and my family, that Amy and I both, you know, God speaks to both of us. Yeah. You know, and, and on anything major, he better speak the same thing to us. Yeah. You know, and so and yeah, it, we it, have a rule on that. If we're not, if if there's a big life decision, like we we have to be in agreement, or we just go, hey, let's just wait until we both ha- have a, you know, we're on the same page. Absolutely. Otherwise, we wind up divided. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's the same way with us. <clears throat> so in that particular moment, can't put this. I can't get this to go away. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm realizing. This has got to be God. I just don't get it, but it has to be God. So I go and say to Amy one night, you know, I'm, I'm, she's just had a baby, so she's exhausted. Yeah. And I'm looking for that, you know, like 15 minutes of clarity during yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah. And I finally, I'm like, hey, I need to talk to you about something. And I'm like, I think God is calling us to Jordan. And here's the amazing thing. Remember, she'd been in Jordan for six weeks before I got there. Right. She said, the first Sunday I arrived, I walked into the church. I walked in and God said to me, you're supposed to be here. Wow. And her response was, that's fine, God. But if that's the case, you have to talk to Mark. Wow. Well, if you would have talked to her six weeks earlier, you could have saved yourself. No, I wouldn't have because she had, she was, she said, God, she said, God, Mark needs to know this is coming from you, not from me. Wow. Very good. And so there was perfect synergy between both of us. Now, it still didn't make some sense in our minds. There were some elements of faith that came into this because I never had that in that moment. I never had peace about why Egypt first. It just didn't make sense. Like, you know, when you go to another culture, it's it's work. You know, (laughs) and and as Americans, we think, oh, it's uh, Egypt. Oh, it's Jordan. (laughs) But they're they're two completely different. cultures. Well, in relationships. Yeah. I'd spent three years forming relationships with people, and I was like, and now I'm going to walk away from that? It just didn't make sense. In retrospect, you know, over 10 years later, I was asked to serve as the leader for that entire region. And had I not understood the Egyptian church, I would have been incapable of doing my job. God took me to Egypt for three years so that I could learn how that church functions, how Egyptians think, because they're the largest entity in the Arab world. God helped me there. And then after I got what I needed, he moved me to that place. He wanted me to serve long-term. Yeah. For people that are are listening in that maybe don't understand this, you spent, how many missionaries did you oversee? About 250. In the most difficult regions of the world. 
and God put you into that place. But some of it was through those processes where things aren't under, you're not understanding them in your mind, but God is leading you. And probably sometimes when we don't understand uh, when things are happening, it probably is the greatest place to say that this is God, because if I could understand all of the details, it probably was me. But that helps me to know that sometimes when I completely don't understand what God is doing in my life, that he can do some of the most powerful things. Yeah, I, you know, I would always tell people that I was serving as their leader, if God is directing you to do stuff that you can do in your own power, yep. it's probably not God. Amen. You know, because God wants to increase our faith. Yep. You know, and so that requires God taking us into places that are a stretch. Yeah. for us. Well, and even now in your role at World Challenge, you're we have partners both in Egypt at the first place yeah, that you sure. attended and now uh when you live when you move to Amont, we have partners that we work with there planning the church yep. and unreached where there's unreached people groups and it takes me back to this that most of the time when the Lord is speaking, you have two things is conforming me to the image of Christ mm-hmm. and is doing the work of the kingdom to expand the kingdom of God. Yeah whether that's an individual or ministry or sharing the gospel with somebody that doesn't know Christ. A lot of times when the Lord is leading us, he's leading us to do the work of uh, the work of the kingdom uh, through the power of Jesus Christ. I agree. Now I'm going to bring in a, an interesting dynamic and you, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. So I remember at one point I was leading a particular couple and they were saying they felt called to go somewhere and, and they they hadn't mentioned a particular country. It was an underdeveloped country. Right. And so medical care was weak there. You know, there were all those sorts of things. She had had some very serious medical situations. Both of her yep. kidneys had shut down. She had had a kidney transplant. She was oh, on, she had, she was going to be on medicines the rest of her life. She had to a- have access to a particular type of medical care. And I had in that process of helping guide them, helping to steward their calling, shepherd their calling, I had to say, I don't think this place you're saying you want to go is the right place for you. Yes. Because you have to be in a place where you can get medical care. Mm -hmm. The medicine you need probably isn't even available in that country. Now, and so I helped process with them. And it's as we processed, they realized, Oh, the person who challenged us with this word about mm-hmm. going to the Arab world was from that place. So well, we associated serving with that place. But then as they processed, they were like, I don't guess God really told us to go there. He just told us to serve him in the Arab world. And so yeah. they wound up in a much more developed country right? where there was the kind of medical care she needed. But they're doing a great job amongst an unreached people, bringing glory to Jesus and bringing people to Christ. Well, and listen, I'm going to answer that question, but I want it to be a segue into next week's podcast. Mm -hmm. And here's what I want to say to that is that there are some times that the Lord just, you know, speaks through, you know, ways of us knowing through the word or through the Holy Spirit. But there are also times that God speaks through circumstances. He speaks through life situations. And next week, we really want to talk about maybe other ways that the Lord direct, directs our lives, because the answer to that is exactly what you're saying. I believe that the Lord was leading that couple the entire way. Yep. But sometimes if if God starts at point A 
and then he tells us what point Z is, we go, no, thank you. Yeah. But if he can take us from point A to B to C, he can get us to the place that he wants us, but sometimes there's a trail of getting there. So it doesn't mean that they didn't hear from the Lord, but sometimes God has to unveil that that path, and he does it in segments of times yeah. and ways and through circumstances. And this was a situation that a woman's health care and the needs that she had helped to get them to the place that they needed to be, and now they're flourishing for Christ in the kingdom. Yeah, I, I love this. Uh, I love, and I, I, what you just, as you were talking, it reminded me of the, the story in the Gospels where Jesus is planning to go to Bethsaida. Mm-hmm. And so the disciples get in a boat, they're headed to Bethsaida. Jesus is not with them. It's when he walks across, you know, in the middle of the storm. Mm-hmm. So they're going from the central part of the Sea of Galilee on the, I guess that'd be the west coast. Right. And they're going to the north corner, north side of it to from Canaan to up to Bethsaida. Storm comes up and they get blown off course and they wind up at the Gadarenes. Right. Well, good Jewish boys are never going to the Gadarenes because that's a Gentile area. <laughs> yep. Pigs, a right. whole bit, you know, through, of course, Jesus gets in the boat along the way. And they wind up here. Jesus sets this demoniac free. So this man who's full of a legion of demons is set free. He, you know, he goes back and takes the gospel to his own people. But. It, those Ju- those Jewish disciples were never going to the Gadarenes by themselves. Mm. They had a plan to go from point A to point B. God's plan was always point C. <laughs> but he would have never, you know, he had to get them to he had to get them moving to B so he yeah. could get them to C. And I can think of multiple times in my life where that's exactly what he's done. Yeah. I wasn't ready for C, but I was ready for yeah. B. So he's gracious enough yeah. to meet us where we are. Start us down the process and then move us as we need. Well, and this is such an, I think, a vital part of hearing from the Lord and then being obedient is that we have to be flexible and without agendas. Because if I care what the end point is, I'm always, in my mind, I'm always trying to figure out how to get to that point. Sure. But when I say, Lord, my life is a blank check, and Lord, you take me to the places that you want, then then I will more often I will find that path far easier because I've lost my agenda of what I'm looking for, what I'm trying to create, what I want to be. And then when you just allow the Lord to lead you piece by piece, I, I think it's a much easier way to find that because um, God is always working. He's concerned about every detail of our sure. life. And he's trying to bring us to heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If yeah. You all right, so we're wrapping up today. Amen. There's somebody watching, listening, that is dealing with a life issue. Yep. They need a word from God. You know, sometimes Mark puts on the Pastor Mark hat. Sometimes John puts on the Pastor John hat. Today I'm asking you to put on the Pastor John hat and talk to that person in closing who needs to hear a word from God to help them in this moment speak to them. Amen. Hey, today we want to pray with you. And I, I will tell you this, that it is the enemy that is the author of confusion. So Christ is never bringing confusion. He always wants to bring clarity. Sometimes what we have to do is navigate through the confusing times in our life 
so that we can find the will and the purposes of God. And if you're watching today and you go, you know what, Pastor, there's so much confusion in my life. I'm not sure which way I should go. Here, here's the word for you today is slow down. Mm-hmm. God's not, he's not in a hurry. Good word. He is eternal. And if you can stop for a moment and say, let me put my heart in the right position. Let me pray and put uh, my prayers in the right position. And Lord, lose, lose any agenda or uh, anything that I am trying to necessarily achieve in this situation. And let me just say this, Lord, I want to find your perfect will for my life. So lead me and direct me. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord, for the majesty and the power of Jesus Christ to be conveyed, Lord, from a microphone, Lord, to wherever people may be right now. And I pray that you would reveal your will and that you would reveal your purposes to individuals that are struggling, that are trying to find their way. But God, you are the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, if we can find that and walk in that, Lord, you will always be bringing about your purposes in our life. So today we pray for individuals that may be struggling with these things. And Lord, that you would bring a peace, that you would bring a joy. And God, I pray that you would fill us with the knowledge of how great you are and for the purposes that you have for our life. We love you and we thank you today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for giving us your time this week. Be sure to join us next week when we're going to take today's content, we're going to unpack it, and we're going to talk about specifically how we put these principles into place as it relates to finding God's will for our life. Also, be sure to check out God's Eternal Pursuit, a teaching series by my co-host here, John Bailey, on the New Covenant. I think you'll find that very enriching, and God will use it to help develop your spiritual life. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable, and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. As a follow-up to our conversation, we'd like to recommend Pastor Tim Delaney's new book, The 260 Journey. It's designed to help you build the habit of studying God's Word every day, and it's available at store.worldchallenge.org, or you can find more information in today's show notes. 